Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another March Monster Madness, 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 Madness episode of Blah Blah Podcast, the semi-finals. To get caught up, please listen to the first two episodes from the past few weeks on our iTunes feed and subscribe while you're there. I am Jason Green, and with me as always is the scary Sean Smith. Jason, I hate to do this to you, but it's actually the <laughs> quarterfinals. <laughs> it's not the semis. I don't remember. Jason. I was actually glad someone else called him out on that because I wasn't going to say anything because I wasn't 100% sure. So I don't want to be like, the way, like, oh, it's not the semifinals and then you'd all make fun of me. So ah, whatever. You want to just keep rolling? You want me to do it again? Oh, no, that's gold. We're, we're keeping it in there. <laughs> well, it's semi quarterfinals. Uh, quarterfinals of the semi. And OK, so Sean Smith's here. Also is the monstrous Evan Moore. Monster Moore. Monster that's Moore. What they, that's what they call me down at the bread lines. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's funny <laughs> why are you laughing soup kitchens call you that too I'm so ashamed eye for an and eye and also also eye with us is, <laughs> also with us is the maniacal Michael Dowling <laughs> hello <laughs> okay that's fine and rounding out this crew is the dangerous Dan Katz Dangerous day in the man. You got that right. Fuck yeah, dog, bro. Woo! Monster puns. Well, just general, you know, terror, terror, terror puns. Are you calling us terrorists, Jason? Oh, you can't Damn. use that term with me because I actually sued someone for calling me a terrorist, so. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> triggering Dan. <laughs> yeah. Hey, careful. Trigger warning. Uh, Where was I? Williamstown High School. Good job, guys. You were in the uh, the semifinals. We're in the quarterfinals. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm actually episode ahead of you guys, unless there's something that comes before. Oh, don't uh, spoil us. <laughs> don't uh, SpongeBob actually wins the whole thing. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is the quarterfinals, my mistake, of the uh, March Monster Madness tournament. Please get caught up on the last uh, few episodes on our iTunes feed, as I mentioned. Basically, how this works is it's a bracket tournament uh, with um, a very iconic monster movie villains squaring off against one another who will win we don't know maybe i do because i could be from the future in the semifinals episode i don't know anyway take it away sean jason i hate to do this to you again but it, it oh is, no it is not oh, monster movies my it is god it is horror movies monster movies are a completely different genre in fact uh we talked about that last night <laughs> can you can you just give me that one a pass come on there, there's monsters. <laughs> I know it's in the name. It's a little predator. confusing. It's just I was just using that generally. I got no. I, I, I think the general public's gonna really care. Yeah. No. I. I, I got. I got you. Um, all You're right. wrong, but we got you. <laughs> Thank you. That's all I've ever wanted. Jason, there was one more thing that you forgot to mention. Uh, we actually have a sponsor oh. for this episode. Is it Ocast? No, it is not Ocast. But oh, you guys want to understand what Ocast is? No. No. <laughs> Maybe later on. Um. But anyway, uh, our sponsor for this week is Domino's. Uh, Domino's sponsoring oh, the podcast. Right. Uh, Domino's, uh, their new slogan, we hate zombies just as much as you do. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Candyman, fuck you. Yeah. What talking about. You have to Domino's listen to last week. out on uh, last week's March Monster Madness, or excuse me, March Horror Movie Madness episode. <laughs> Actually, that was, that was two weeks ago, Jason. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It wasn't no, last it, week. It was last week, yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. We were just all over the yeah. place. Oh, my God. All right. We're, we're, uh, we're you really know what? I give up. Am I the only Dracula one that's high against you and everyone else oh, is fucking this up? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I'm sorry. I had a really long day. I was like like an hour late for work today because of a really long commute. Hour late coming home. Oh. All I could think about was uh, oh. food. By the way, you forgot yeah. your briefcase. Oh, no. <laughs> Overtime. <laughs> All right, let's get this thing started. Um, let's go to our, in our, in our first matchup. We have number one seed, Freddy Krueger from uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Uh, total nine film appearances, uh, and his powers include razor sharp clawed gloves, uh, nightmare control, including strength, shape shifting, teleportation, regeneration, and the ability to start fires with his mind. And like me. he's facing off against number four seed. Frankenstein's monster, 50-plus uh, film appearances, 
and his powers include strength, indestructibility, and if you count the 1994 film and book, inhuman learning speed. I feel like we every single time we have to specify this is only in that one movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's uh, let's get things started here. Um, well, I think you said Freddy can start fires with his mind, right? Yes. Isn't Frankenstein afraid of fires? So yes. that right there is an automatic plus. Well, is Frankenstein dreaming? Dreaming. Well, can Frankenstein that's... sleep? I don't think he does. Hmm. Well, oh, okay. Well, if that's the case, then then Frankenstein wins automatically because in the real world, Freddy stands absolutely no chance against Frankenstein at all. So if Frankenstein doesn't about sleep that. and dream. Frankenstein wins. You see how much punishment Freddy took from Jason and still didn't die in the real mm. world. Mm. Yeah, this is tough. Yeah, yeah this fucking arm ripped even, off even and in stabbed Fred, through even him. In still wasn't dead. And even in Freddy versus Jason, it was someone else that brought Freddy into the real world, not uh, not Jason. Yeah. Sorry. Well, also, also, I mean, I guess you kind of have to think about uh, Freddy's wit here. Like, if we don't count the Robert De Niro film, you know, and just the kind of the more standard interpretation of Frankenstein, he's kind of slow, a little stupid. So <laughs> I bet you Freddy could probably outwit him pretty easily. So is Jason, just saying. Hey. I would no, Jason say, Voorhees. Yeah, well, I, would, <laughs> look how, I would actually look how long say that. it took that, for Jason to figure out what the fuck was going on. <laughs> yeah, the I late still green, think Jason like, might, be a little more, yeah. might be a little more intuitive than Frankenstein's monster, though. Because I could actually he, agree with that. Jason can kind of scheme and stalk. Down you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Frankenstein's monster tends to be kind of more of like a brute force, but then there are films, not uh, aside from the 94 De Niro film, where he does learn and communicate, but I think overall in this category, Freddy's got the be Including wits. the Van Helsing version of Frankenstein? Too? No, fuck Van Helsing. <laughs> all around. <laughs> but... I actually have to give this one to Freddy. I think I think Freddy can probably outsmart him even in the real world, um, and and cause him to trip and fall and get burned or whatever. You know. Now is that are you giving it to Frank or Freddy all all around or just in head to head? Uh, I'm giving it to Freddy in everything except for cultural significance. I think Frankenstein has a slight edge, but I think as time goes on, Freddy will be up there with the Draculas and Frankensteins. Who's eating chips? I might be having a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it'd be pretty obvious that I'm giving this to Freddy. Um, I'd actually give it to him in all three categories because... The main thing is Sir Frankenstein has been around forever and there's been way more Frankenstein movies. But people just call him Frankenstein. Yeah, people don't don't know that he's Frankenstein's know monster. Yeah. Frank know his name. <laughs> Frankenstein's not even the thing. It's just the monster, honestly, is what it's or the creature, whatever you want to call it. But it's not yeah. Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. So therefore, well, I would make the argument cultural significance because even people that are younger than us already knew who Freddy Krueger is, and everyone older than us. The moment you say Freddy Krueger. You are ma- You immediately see red and green in your head, like immediately, and you see a fucked up face, like. And that claw. Yeah, it's it, and, and I mean, as far as design goes, I think he gets it there too. I mean. Yeah, I I I, I would still just have to give it to uh, to Frankenstein only on cultural significance. That that's my mm-hmm. only gripe with that. Yeah, I I hate to go three votes to whatever the other ones are going to be because I'm actually going Freddy as well. Um, you make you make a good argument for cultural significance, and that's a really good argument. Um, and as far as head-to-head matchup goes, I like the idea with the fire that he could theoretically scare him, and he did hold his own against Jason. Um, so I I think. It it may, it might not end very quickly, but I think Freddy could outlast Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, I'm picking I Freddy agree. too. Mike, Mike, would you like to give your irrelevant opinion? <laughs> well, I, if anything, my only argument now is that I I would make the argument that you can still call him Frankenstein because he refers he believes that Doctor Frankenstein, that's his last name, is his father. So okay. it would it would only be natural for him to take his father's name. Oh, Other than that, it doesn't matter what I say. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep eating that cookie, man. I'm curious good. though would you would you have picked Frankenstein's monster over Freddy Krueger? I think I actually would, because um, I think 
just based on the you know two out of three uh, it's cultural significance and design in many cases um you know because it, it varies i believe there there's the opportunity to have you know, i i may be one of the few people in the world that like the de niro design uh yep go to hell one of the three <laughs> yeah in the whole world you know we, we've had shitty looking freddy designs and we've had shitty looking frankenstein designs but uh i think the you know, consistency the consistency of Freddy, yeah. Kinda, yeah. See, I don't, I don't, you know, the consistency of Freddy. It, well, it, I was, I was actually going to me, to me, that means, to me, well, that's on that point, uh, I'm, I'm siding with you. I'm saying that Freddy's consistent in design, whereas Frankenstein varies. So it could be good or yeah. bad. Or, okay. I see where you're coming from. Did you just walk away, Evan? No, I'm, I'm right here. Oh, I thought I heard your voice echoing as you were talking. Like, you're like, oh, like fuck this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm right here, guys. I'm not going nowhere. Don't worry. All right. Well, don't go away because uh, we got to move on to our next matchup. We have uh, number six seed, Carrie, from the Carrie films. Uh, two film appearances, and her power is telekinesis. That's her one power. Um, and she's facing off against Dracula, number two seed. Uh 80-plus film appearances, <laughs> and his powers include strength and speed of 20 men, shape-shifting, influence, psychic link with other vampires, control over wolves and critters, weather control. He can see in, in the darkness. He can crawl on walls. He has dark magic and intelligence. This is a tough and one. And he can turn into a wolf. This is not a tough one for me. I'm giving this one to Dracula in all categories. Straight across the goddamn board, Dracula. Woo! Dracula can yes. outwit the shit out of Carrie. Carrie is extremely strong and extremely powerful, but Dracula is so fucking smart in every category here. I'm giving it to Dracula. Yeah, no, he it was seems a to have like a natural too. inclination to. Uh, he seems to have like a natural inclination to get women to do exactly what he wants. So just like me, we 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 we've already established <laughs> in the past that Carrie is sort of unhinged and a little unstable. So I feel it'd be easy, even easier for him to. Uh, get her to follow his whim. Yeah, and but, then I also, you know, give him significance and design. See, mm. I, I could, you could argue that Carrie might win design uh, because it depends on which what, Dracula. What, a bloody dress? I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's... Like, that's the extent of her design is, like, just a couple scenes at the end of the movie. So there, before that, yeah. there's nothing really elaborate about her. You say that, because well, I mean, you like Chloe Grace, uh, whatever her last name is. <laughs> that is a great design. Um, <laughs> her, the, the design of her face is amazing. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think, because, uh, you know, and I've said this before on previous episodes, that when I think of Dracula, I think of the Bela Lugosi Dracula from back from the 30s. And to me, the design of that is just, eh, it's okay, it's fine. Um, but you know, to me, the Carrie with the blood all over her and the, and the, and the prom dress is, is a little better looking than, uh, you know, Bella Lugosi in a suit with a cape on. That's, that's just for, for me. I don't know. I mean, to each their own. I, I feel like Dracula's, um, look had more thought put into it with Carrie. They're just like, oh, you know, well, they're going to be pouring pig's blood on her anyway. So we'll just uh, have that be her look. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but to me. No, see, yeah, that's why I, I like that. See, I also, I, you have to wonder, like, if Dracula was courting Carrie, how long before she realizes what's going on? Because... Uh, I, I don't think she'd figure it out. Not I at all? Become, Even uh, if she, she did, it would be too late. She didn't figure out that they were tricking her the whole prom until they dumped the pig's blood on her. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it took point, her yeah. that Also, long. it would take is a couple seconds of her looking into Dracula's eyes, and then he would be able to bite her. And then yeah. she either become his consort or he could kill her, one or the other. And and, and Carrie, uh, Carrie's powers under Dracula's control? Pfft, my God. Yeah, it goes to Dracula. Uh, well, I... What's the vote? What's the vote? I'm Dracula. Jason, what are you? Drac, Drac, my man. Dan? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Dracula as well. Mike? Sorry, Sean. I know you got a crush on uh, Carrie, but sorry, man. I, I, I'm just Sissy Spacek fan. I have no, I have nothing against Sissy Spacek <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, well, if everyone's going Dracula, just just for the hell of it, I'm going to go Carrie. Just to be different, I guess. Yep. I stood on Victor Crowley's grave last week, so it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So uh, let's go. Wait, on. wait. wait. Um, 
just real quick. This is a funny side note. I'm reading a thing here that, you know, Amy Schumer's Netflix special is tanked. And apparently after the company, after Bud Light started using her as a spokesperson for their commercials, the beer sales for Bud Light uh, tanked as well. So they yanked the ad campaign. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Amy Schumer tanked Bud Light sales. Isn't that funny? I wonder who she would uh, beat out or get get killed by in this tournament because I heard uh, I heard she's stealing jokes again. Oh, yeah. I also heard Anthony Jeselnik wrote a lot of her jokes, too. So, yeah. So did Anthony Weiner. You know. How many jokes did she steal from Dolph Ziggler? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not many. <laughs> All right. Well, who's up next? Uh, let's go to our next matchup. We have uh, number one seed Leatherface um, from Texas Chainsaw. He's got uh, seven film appearances, and his powers include strength and speed and expert use of a chainsaw. And he's facing off against number 13 seed Annie Wilkes uh, from the movie Misery. Uh, one film appearance, and her powers are she's psychotic, she's skilled as a nurse, and she has an incredible tolerance for pain. Evan, what does she say? Um, Cock-a-doody writer! <laughs> I love that uh, movie, too. I want that to be my ringtone nice. now. Just Evan <laughs> saying it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, oh Paul. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm movie. actually leaning more towards Wilkes in this uh, category. I feel like if she she could probably like for lack of a better term seduce Leatherface, tie him up like uh, she did with James Con, <laughs> like she did with James Con and break his legs. It's a hot piece then, of ass. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, and then once Leatherface's uh, legs are broken, he ain't running after you with no chainsaw. So you could just finish him off right there. Like, so, well, depending actually... on how she's dressed, Leatherface could think he's looking in a mirror like, oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a sex scene I don't want to see. Oh, but you, re- but secretly you do. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I sort I, of agree. I really do. I agree a little bit, but I don't think she would even need to uh, seduce him. No. I think she just has such an authoritative... Um, feel to her that she could almost make Leatherface believe that like she's her he's his mother or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah I, and get him to be submissive in, in that respect. Ooh, Ooh, going back to this again, huh? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, this yeah. is kinky guys. <laughs> Turn me on a little bit. I think I'm going to agree with Mike. Uh Annie uh, this is going to be a really big upset if, if she wins this category, but um Annie Wilkes is extremely like she's got this dominating personality and she's scary. And I think Leatherface might be afraid of her because remember in the first movie, how Leatherface acted, it's his father, right? In the first movie, you know, he's yelling and he's like, Oh, and he's cowering and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think she would yell, Cock-a-dooty chainsaw. And <laughs> he would like drop the chainsaw and like freak out and cover his ears and everything. So, and she wouldn't even, I, need I to, have... she wouldn't even need to use his chainsaw. She, she could literally beat him with anything that's around her. Mm. Yeah, and then cut and then cut his feet off like she did in the book. But I, I'm gonna go with Annie Wilkes, believe it or not. I I can't believe I'm saying that. For, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going I'm going with Annie Wilkes, dude. Okay, cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm actually I agree. Um, you know, I, I like you were saying before. I I really do feel like there's a motherly instinct in there somewhere that Leatherface is, is so mentally screwed up that he might actually believe that she is his mother. Um, <laughs> and, it, I mean, correct me if I'm Maybe wrong. Maybe she is. Well, uh, that's what I'm saying. I, do, have we ever found his mother in any of these movies? No. Not that I can recall. No. So it's it's kind of uh, something that they haven't really tackled. And maybe, I mean, you know, he's so delusional, maybe he might think that way. We and saw then, his cousin, though. That, we have another yeah. actual movie idea now. Misery <laughs> Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> or Texas Chainsaw Misery. Do your Ooh, thing, cuz. <laughs> oh, no. no. Uh, uh, Dan, what do you oh, think? Man. I'm going with Andy as well. So. Wow, shit. That's a big upset, Damn. actually. Clean sweep. Wow. All right. Yeah. yeah. I actually, wow. I was against Leatherface in every single round of this tournament. So, <laughs> and I like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. I just don't think he's that effective. He's just a big dumb guy with a chainsaw. He's like every <laughs> Resident Evil video game character with a chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. and and also what hurts him, and and especially this tournament, is the fact that he doesn't have any powers to himself. Like he can't really. 
especially with some of these mystical characters, and I'm not saying she's mystical unless there's something that we don't know about. Uh, he he has a tough time with, uh, especially if he were to go even further. I think he would be knocked out immediately if he was uh, going any further. That's why I was so annoyed that he got a, a character in Mortal Kombat out of him. I'm just like, no, well, you know, actually, you know, it's just a Warner he Brothers actually thing. Might be mystical, um, or she might be mystical. Uh, the Shining takes place in the same universe as Misery because she references in the book. Obviously, we're not talking about the books; we're talking about movies. But in in the book, she she actually makes a reference to the Overlook Hotel, which immediately pulls the book out of the gritty realism that it's in and puts it in Shining Fantasy World, which is something that always irked me about the book. It's like just keep it grounded here. Yeah. So if the Shining exists in the world of Misery, then Annie Wilkes might. Be. Why would some? He, I'm just why saying. Would, I'm why just would throwing he write that? That, that, does, that doesn't make any. Unless he's, he's Stephen he, King's shared universe is supposed to yeah. be shared, except for all, all of his books. Like, all of his books have a shared universe that are tied together with the Dark Tower series, yeah. and he makes tiny little references to other books in books. So, like that line is literally a throwaway line. She says, "Like, oh, we're not too far from the Overlook Hotel that burned down," and I'm like, "Oh, fuck! They just ruined the whole book." Because that means that this takes place in the same universe as The Shining. Therefore, it, it kind of takes it out of the gritty realism that the book already had. So there is a possibility that theoretically she could be supernatural. I'm not saying we should use that in this tournament because... Yeah, you can't really because the movie doesn't really... No, exactly. Yeah. But I'm just saying that in the world of Stephen King, misery exists in the same universe as The Shining. Yeah, which that, that is interesting. The, universe, the Dark Tower. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I I'm, I just that reminds me of uh, what was it a few years ago? Didn't King write a follow up to The Shining where like Danny's older and he's hanging with vampires yeah. or some shit like that? Yeah. yeah. Sleep. Yeah. Apparently yeah. it's awful. I did not read it. Well, he should have <laughs> you know did a line of coke to make it good or something. Yeah, he hasn't been good since he's been off coke and booze. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> do Stephen drugs, King. kids. Like, like I, I think I said this last night, Stephen King's work is either like 25% of it is outstanding and then 75% is trash. And the stuff that is outstanding is so outstanding in that category. And the stuff that is trash is just un, it just sucks. So it's like he's either the fucking best or mediocre at best. And that's sad. But the books that are good by him are fucking phenomenal. But I just want to point out that little tidbit that she could possibly be mythological i don't know whatever hmm. do you remember when the simpsons movie came out you know what stephen king book came out at the same time it was really simpsons funny movie. no like under the dome came out oh yeah, at the same oh, time yeah. The oh, yeah. Movie. oh yeah oh that's the plot of the movie <laughs> yeah. and then they made, and then it made it into a tv show with dean norris <laughs> yeah and dude have you guys ever seen like clips from under the dome it's so bad it's unintentionally funny like I just got to YouTube you some later. There's one like where this guy is trying to burn evidence, and then uh, Burns accidentally gets the the shades from the window on fire, and then they start burning his arm. And it's just like this whole like comedic routine. It's hilarious. <laughs> just, Great show. Uh, anyway, uh, what's next? All right, uh, let's move to our next matchup. We have number six seed, the Hills Have Eyes Cannibals, um, uh, from Hills Have Eyes, as I said. Uh, four film appearances, and their powers are they are able to adapt to desert area, and they are cannibals. Uh, and they're facing off against number two seed, Pinhead, from the Hellraiser films. Uh, nine film appearances, and his powers include demonic powers, ability to summon chains, immortality, manipulation, and ability to create cenobites. Uh, is I mean, anybody going to argue for the cannabis? Is anybody no. going to argue for the cannabis? I was going to say, doesn't immortality already like automatically make him win since he can't die? In this category. I mean, well, that, that would make him win the head-to-head. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm giving him I mean, all three. I, yeah, I don't I would, see competition yeah. here. I would argue also all, all three. I mean, definitely cultural significance and design. I mean... Uh, there, I mean, he's got pins in his head, but don't call him a <laughs> pinhead. Unless we're talking about the the remake, as far as designs go, the original one is just. But even the even the looking. remake, I mean, you could argue that only a couple of the family are really, you know, freaky looking. Most of them are are, are pretty standard, you know. Mm. Like, yeah, I just does anybody I like have the... a good argument for the hills have eyes? cannibals here i i can't even think of an argument i, I mean there's, there's no way they could win in an overall category i'm sure there's some 
points that they could win at, but it, like more are going to go to Pinhead regardless. So mm. yeah, is yeah. this another unanimous sweep? Uh, it sounds like it. Does anyone? It sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you also met the pinhead actor, right, Sean? Yeah, how was that? Uh, it, it, it took a long time. <laughs> you, you would have known, Evan, if you went with us. Yeah, no, but tell me. I couldn't go. Tell me how it was. Uh, it was fine. I mean... The, uh, the thing panel was the best part of the day. Oh, well, uh, oh yeah, we'll talk about the thing we were, panel in Before a second. that, while we were online for uh, Pinhead, uh, a couple got engaged. Yeah. <laughs> then, oh, did Pinhead win the he, Well, he sort of. Yeah. He, he got up from the table and uh, went and had, took some pictures with them. That is yeah. so cute. fucking cool. And it makes perfect sense because he is a demonic priest, so he theoretically could wed them if he really wanted to. Uh, wed the them in hell, at least. Um, I mean, you know, marriages are just like one step towards hell, right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Put them. But yeah, no, he. Uh, it took a while to to meet him, but you know he was nice-ish. Uh, <laughs> well, he said, "See you in hell." <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Well, he wrote that on everybody's. Yeah, I think he writes that on everyone's. Oh. Now that'd be funny if he just said that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Robert England's the only one that really writes something different every time because he has so many different one-liners to use. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Did he? What did? Uh, what's his name? Doug Lyman, the pinhead actor. <laughs> What? Oh man, that Doug be a Bradley. Doug Bradley. Doug, yeah. Doug Lyme is a director. Doug, Whatever. Lyme disease. Doug. Doug. Uh, Doug Pinhead. Um, did he just seem? <laughs> did he just seem like tired or something like that, or like worn out when you? Yeah. Walk? Yeah. He was clearly tired. I, I don't know if he. Uh, he. He definitely uh, has has done many of these conventions, and he's. And mm. it's the only thing he's known for. <laughs> no, just like uh, I mean, Ernie Hudson. It's the thing that he's most known for, but he's done other and stuff Virgil. too. Yeah, plus he like oh. got up from the table at least one time while we were waiting uh, to go do a photo, like a, they scheduled photo shoots mm-hmm. for uh, people, certain people. Yeah, just like they do at Comic Con, it's the same thing. The photo ops, or yeah. yeah, yeah. But Jason, speak- it's like when I met um. Oh, what? No, go ahead. I was gonna say that's like a few years ago when I met Giancarlo Esposito, aka Gus from Breaking Bad, um, at Comic Con two years ago, almost three years ago now. But, uh, I mean, my dad and I paid for the photo op shoot, and we were so excited to see him. And he was just like, he wasn't mean, but he was just like so worn out. He's just like, hi. Yeah, well, he probably oh, does hi. a ton of them. And I'm just uh, like, I mean, okay, they, well. Yeah, they see hundreds of people a day, yeah. too. I know, but no, I at least he wasn't wearing sunglasses and a baseball cap. Oh, at you want you want to talk about that? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. Should we? Yeah. yeah. I guess so. Go ahead. What happened? Um... One of the biggest photo op there, you know, to some people was John Cusack of all people. Oh my God. Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And, um, his photo op was like the most expensive of them all. Unless you decided to get one with like all of the people who played Jason. Yeah. He was the most Uh, expensive single photo op. Yeah. He was the most expensive single photo uh, op. And we just so happened to catch a glimpse of someone's pictures that they were putting in like a binder while we were just hanging out in the lobby somewhere. And it looked like a weekend at Bernie's type thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was dead. John Cusack was just a mannequin he, with he, a baseball cap yeah. and sunglasses on to make you think he was alive. No expression <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. And you could, you I could actually heard, even tell it was him. I actually heard firsthand through my cousin's friends who also went and met him that like it seemed like he must have been on a bender the night before or something because he probably was. <laughs> yeah, the sunglasses it's, are it's so un- it's so unfortunate because like you look at the picture and you got to like study it to even realize it's John Cusack. You would never know. Yeah, I mean well, these yeah. guys. You have to realize that for you going up to this guy, that is like one of the biggest moments of your life, and for you coming up to him, he's like, okay, another one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not even like a dick thing. Like, how are you supposed to be enthusiastic? Well, at that point, you're also getting paid to do it. Like, you yeah. just yeah. fucking act, act like you're exactly. You're, uh, That's happy to see like, me. They're actors. <laughs> just pretend like, like you, know, you want to talk. They they get paid to pretend. Just just get. Paid a, you're getting paid a little more remember, to pretend. That, that, all Galaxy, I wanted from Gus was a smile. Remember Galaxy but, uh, Quest? I, that's seriously why to, I, I'm saying like... To Alec oh my god. Oh yeah. It's like by Raptor's hammer and they just keep snatching the photos away from <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, I will say, Jason, it's funny you mentioned Virgil because the booth right next to Doug Bradley was D.B. Sweeney. <laughs> <laughs> who, oh, who, hey. he, Mind me who that is? 
the, the thing I know, he's basically like the 90s best friend guy that's in a bunch of movies that no one's ever heard of. Uh, but he didn't, his, he didn't have a line either, like just like Virgil. Just like Virgil, yeah. He, I actually felt bad. Gentlemen, Virgil is an old WWE wrestler. I got, has a line I, got at Comic good, Con. I got good stories about what Virgil does at cons. If you want to get to that in a second, well, if Sean finished. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say is that, like he and I think the part of the problem is that he was charging thirty bucks, like, and no uh, one, yeah. no one knew who he was because he's just that guy that blends in. So. Yeah, you know, it's like you have um, this this huge line. Thirty for an autograph and thirty for a picture. Yeah, I just want to say real quick. I think the best, the the funniest thing I remember uh, from going to New York Comic Con in recent memory is uh, it was like the same year I, I met uh, Gus. Um, I was just like hanging out around the autograph floor, just walking around, and there's curtains that are like around the perimeter that so people can walk through without being seen. Then all of a sudden, one of the curtains just uh, goes over, and it's just Danny Glover pops his head out. Looks around and goes back in. I was like, <laughs> Did he come out and fuck? go, I'm too old for this shit? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, he came out and like said hi to someone and popped him. In. I was like so fucking surprised. I was like, was that the man who killed the Predator? When we, uh... I, saw, I saw Goldie Wilson from uh, from Back to the Future, the the mayor from Back to the Future. Dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and he was just sitting at a table by himself and nobody, nobody was walking up to him. Dude, when yeah. we, when we were... <laughs> he was just sitting there. I'm like, oh hey, what's up, man? He's like, hey, I'm like, oh shit. We were standing around twice, and and the the kid from Stranger Things was walking by, the one with the the teeth missing. Yeah. Oh him, really? He went right by us two times. Yeah. Oh shit, I would have loved to see, dude. That guy's awesome. But that's nothing compared to seeing Wilford Brimley drive past you in his scooter. Yeah, not knowing. Well, he's got diabetes. (laughs) Not knowing where he is. I even I I I took a photo the and sugar and was low. <laughs> I took a photo and Snapchatted to you guys and put diabetes. Oh wait on wait wait that was him. That, that was Wolf, I thought yeah. it was just like some old guy you were saying. No, that was Wilford that was Wilford Brimley. Brimley. Oh my god! <laughs> All Man, right, we're, we're really way off track. That was the intermission. That was the intermission. <laughs> wait wait, wait I want to hear what Dan's Virgil story is. Oh okay okay. Right. So he will sneak into a picture that you're taking with another wrestler and then try to charge you for being in the picture. Are you that's, serious? Are you kidding? No, that's serious. Yeah. Or if you try to get a autograph from the table, he's gonna try haggling you to buy more pictures and stuff like that. Like he, he's like, he's that's really all there, just trying to make some money. That's all he's there for. It's terrible. That's some wow. bullshit right there, dude. Yeah. Um, I will say though, we can we can keep moving on, but remind when we get to uh the things matchup. Remind us to talk about Wilford Brimley because he needs to be brought up. All um, right, okay. <laughs> we'll talk about him then. From, the, right, from the thing Q&A. Um, okay, so let's go to our next matchup. We have number one seed Jason Voorhees from the Friday the 13th series. Uh, 12 film appearances, and his powers include superhuman strength, uh, durability, immortality, stealth, re- and regeneration. Um, and he's facing off against number five seed, the Gremlins. Uh, two film appearances, and their powers are ability to multiply with water and intelligence. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Here it is. It's the gremlins. They can take Jason down. Jason is not that smart. He's a brute force. He's almost immortal or is immortal, but the gremlins are clever. They can take him down, and there's many of them. So I'm giving this one to the gremlins. Here's the problem. Oh. Here's the problem with with that assessment is that you're all. It, it, it depends on what time this this matchup happens, but also Jason is afraid of water. And what's the one thing that gets gremlins turned into like you know their scary form? is water and if they're not going near the water then it's just going to be no that's how they multiply uh, well they, he's, they he lives by a fucking lake what, what if they were in camp, what if they were in crystal yeah. lake it, it, he'd still be at the camp he'd be by the lake here they're coming out of the lake done not as, they he got, wouldn't necessarily be around the lake there's a there's a ton of places to go around cramp, camp crystal lake krampus <laughs> um I don't know. I feel like yeah, I have no idea. I feel like they can just jump like they you know, jump at uh, Jason and he could just like slash him one by one like confetti, but they could just keep on coming. But I mean, I, it depends yeah. on how many. I, as there far are. as yeah, as far as uh, cultural significance, I'm kind of leaning more towards Friday the Thirteenth. Um, I feel like more people will know that, but that's just like instinct. Cultural I really significance don't know that would heavily go towards them, like. The last Gremlins video game was for the fucking NES. 
Uh, well, well, actually, no. <laughs> you know, speaking of video games, Friday the Thirteenth game, uh, new Friday the Thirteenth game is right around the corner. I was just watching I, game. Uh, that's exactly my point. That's, well, that's what I mean. It was oh, last year. I'll give I'll give cultural significance to Jason Voorhees, but I'm gonna have to give head to head to to the Gremlins and design. I'm sorry because those early Jason designs are terrible, and the Gremlins were creative. They were all puppeteered. Jason only looks good in maybe three or four of the movies, whereas the rest of them he's either just a guy in a hockey mask, or he's a guy with a bag over his head. That's three. Or movies. he's a little three out of twelve. No, because oh, he looks terrible in eight. He looks good in six. No, he looks good in six, seven, and Freddy versus Jason and Jason X. Sorry. And you Jason didn't like Green. the boltingness and go. Jason goes to hell. No, I never liked. Oh, actually, that was kind of cool. But I, but he was a worm uh, the whole movie. <laughs> but he was a worm the whole movie. So, so you, no. he was he was a little gremlin the whole movie is what you're saying. I'm giving it to the gremlins. There's a lot more creativity that goes into the design of those gremlins than there is. I in actually like the remake, of- Jason too. The dream yeah, agent. Oh, the one where they're just like, "Oh, your tits are stupendous." That was yeah. my favorite. <laughs> Best line. <laughs> That's like the greatest scene in all of cinema history, by the way. <laughs> no, that would go to Megalodon Shark Attack Three. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. Dan, <laughs> Dan is a hundred percent right. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> no, not quite. Like, How about you let me take you home and eat your pussy? What? Oh, that one. Oh yeah, okay. with John Barrowman. Sorry, yeah. I was thinking of the scene where they're on the plane and it jumps up and eats the plane. <laughs> that's also great. That's probably the greatest movie ever made. That'll go in the monster movie matchup next hey, year. Evan, but I'm Evan, still, how going, about I'm I, still uh, going with the Gremlins. Well, it depends if Meg comes out before then, because that's the movie where Jason Statham's going to be fighting a Megalodon. Yeah, but oh we all God. know it's going to suck, so. <laughs> um, my, so uh, my how about official... I take you home and eat your pussy? <laughs> <laughs> my, my official vote's going to be Jason Voorhees. What do you guys say? Gremlins. I got to go with Jason. Uh, uh, I'm going with Jason too. So, let's get uh, well, that's three. that's the winning vote. I'm going to no, say Jason. three. Yeah, I, I'm going with Jason Voorhees. Well, Jason, you're biased, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we're all a little biased. Jason's from our home state. I that's true. I did try to look at this a little more objectively though, because I would be just personally biased towards Jason, hands down. But. I'm just trying to think of an actual head-to-head matchup between these, and I don't think that overall Jason has the ability to take on the Gremlins. I mean, there's and a lot of them. I, but, I think that but he just be irrelevant because the other two. 28 days later. Are you saying that yeah. the yeah. Infected are... 28 days later. Yeah, are I, you... I think the Gremlins could win over the Infected e- easily. Nah, really? Yeah, I, I think know. Jason could take down the Infected but can't take down the Gremlins. I mean, now, the infected, the infected, they, they run so a gremlin fast. after midnight. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Jason, it is. All right, Jason moves on. Uh, let's go to our next matchup. Uh, we have number three seed, the Deadites. Uh, four film appearances, and their powers are superhuman strength, endurance, resilience, and camouflage. And they're facing off against number seven seed, the Candyman. Uh, three film appearances. Oh, yeah, we got to call Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> three film appearances, and his powers are intelligence, strength, and speed, teleportation, levitation, and he is able to summon bees. Not the bees. bees. Okay. Um, as, personally, even though as much as I love the Evil Dead series, and I think that quality of series they they definitely have that going for them if we're talking head to head and even depends if you want to go back and forth between design but i feel like if you're if you're going head to head candy man might have a slight advantage um he he definitely he's he has i mean almost the same if not more powers than the deadites do uh he he could definitely chop them up if he wanted to and even if he didn't want to Candyman could probably uh, find someone to do it for him if he really wanted to. Maybe possess someone and, and have them take care of it. I think this one's pretty easy because I, if Candyman's going to win over the living dead, I feel like the deadites are just kind of like a step up. But for all the reasons that Candyman would win over the living dead, according to Domino's, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'd say that he would also win over. The, if we're going by the well, logic, I, I would all, but he wins over the living dead. He also wins over the deadites, but it's like the next level up. 
but at the same time, I'm, I'm going to give I, that I, like, I think the, the only Deadites... way that the, the Deadites or the Living Dead would be able to defeat Candyman is if they were able to make him one of them, and that's not possible. Yeah, and I, I mean, I will say, if you're comparing the Deadites to the Living Dead, which is kind of like the argument that we were going for anyway last week, um, yes. I, I feel like the Deadites are like the steroid-injected version of the Living Dead. Of the Living Dead, yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. So they're like the same thing, but level two. So the Crimson two. Heads. But, but if, if we're going to go with Candyman beats the Living Dead, by that logic, we should go with Candyman beats the Deadites, because it's just an upgraded version. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, I'm going dead. I, <laughs> okay. Uh, um, I, I, I think, uh, well, see head to head. I don't know. Uh, but I do like their design more and I think they have a more cultural significance. Um, if I were to say head to head, I, uh, I mean, they already got two out of three for you. So yeah, I know. I'm just trying to like, see if there's anything I can, cause that seems to be the main thing that are swaying everyone else in this discussion um is this head-to-head yeah i I mean for me personally i do give deadites cultural significance but for for design i I slightly give to Candyman. so yeah for me it's it's based off of head-to-head i don't know because right now i'm I'm doing this one all on head-to-head the design that i'm thinking of uh most explicitly is like what evil ash turns into he's like looks like he's freaking straight out of guar yeah, I mean, that's pretty um, cool. I'm thinking of Army of Darkness. See, I'm thinking the girl in the cellar. Dead by dawn! Dead by dawn! I'm thinking <laughs> that. was that, scary. You know what I, mean? I was that, more that thinking the possessed cool Ash from the, the first, like, second movie. That yeah. that, that idea. Because like, to me, Deadites are just zombies with white eyes, more or less. Like, when mm. I think of it. Well, in the first movie. In the first movie, they are. Yeah. I mean, they had a really good design in the 2013 movie, also. True. Yeah, I mean, like, it was yeah. very similar to the second movie, too. I mean the first movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean Henrietta's pretty cool I'm looking. Oh, with dead eyes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so for once, Jason, you're not our tiebreaker. <laughs> Who's the tiebreaker? Dan. Dan. Dan's Dan. our tiebreaker. Oh, wait. wait. So it's literally a dead lock between us right now. Yeah. yeah. You're the tiebreaker. You, We're not calling like dominoes. Please well, call Domino's. Please. Yeah, no, this no. is too perfect. <laughs> yeah. He's going to say Candyman for, again anyway. For, for don't, me, don't I believe Candyman's design and his, like, the intent, the story that goes into his design and what his design represents and the cultural significance. Like, everybody knows either Bloody Mary or Candyman. Like, as a little kid, like, you say it in the mirror, like, to try scaring the shit out of each other. Um, so it's like that urban myth. And that's kind of what Candyman is. He's that urban myth that exists in everybody's mind at some point in their childhood. So I feel their cultural significance for Candyman even wins out over Deadites. Um, and I like his design. And in a head-to-head, I can't see Deadites making Candyman one of them or killing him. So I give it to Candyman. <sighs> yeah, it, I mean, like I, I think we kind of mentioned this last time, too. It's like, how do you kill Candyman? Um, and we had to go to the sequel. Well, we'll find out if Jason can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a fucking matchup right there. That's a we, matchup. Deadites versus Jason would be the same thing that we just did two times <laughs> yeah. in a row for Jason. Jason just keeps yeah. taking out all the zombies. <laughs> so, so Candyman. He's our savior. <laughs> looking ahead, Candyman versus Jason. That's going to be a good battle for the next round, too. So just think of that. Yeah. Well, Dan, is what what is your official pick going to be? Candyman. Okay. All right. So that means Candyman moves on to the next round. All right. So let's go to our next matchup. We have number one seed, Michael Myers from the Halloween franchise. Uh, Ten film appearances. And his powers are intelligence, uh, superhuman strength and agility, quick regeneration, and murder skills. And he's facing off against number four seed, The Thing. Um, three film appearances and its powers include shape-shifting, which is basically simulating what is killed and taking their form. See, I really feel that the thing could assimilate Michael with no problem at all, because as far as I know, without barring any of the shitty, uh, Halloween movies, Michael Myers is human, right? Even though he's just really resilient. Right, Evan? Is he human? Uh, seeing as I only count the first two as canon, uh-huh. yes. Okay. Uh, oh, and- wait, wait, wait a minute. You can only count the first two as canon, but you use other movies other than the first two to signify why he would beat Leslie Vernon. 
I wanted to point yep. that out. I, I know that Dan's going to pick anything but Michael Myers <laughs> in this category because he beat Leslie Vernon, uh, which I, you know, geez, Dan. Um, but <laughs> I so feel, no, wait, I think, wait, 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 no, but no, he sorry. is human, but he's like, if you go off the producer's cut of Curse, he's uh, he's some sort of weird cult uh, object, but he is human. Then he impregnates his niece. Uh, Jesus whatever. Christ, you have to go off of a, a producer's cut for all this? Have you seen uh, the so, of Halloween 6? No. I have. What I was saying was I think the thing could assimilate Michael with no problem at all because, you know, at the end of the day, he's he's a tall guy with a weapon, and they and the thing assimilated a bunch of tall people with weapons in that Alaskan base. So I think the real question is, can Michael Myers uh, wield a flamethrower? Flamethrower. <laughs> Does Michael Myers have diabetes? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. What's his family history? I've only ever, I've actually, That's the whole thing. I uh, actually see him using a shotgun at one point in the in the series, but he doesn't. But he even stabs a guy through a wall. He, with it. Someone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't pull he, the trigger. The Halloween Four. He's like he Batman. He doesn't use guns. He literally except Zack Snyder's Batman. He takes the gun and and shoves it through the guy's chest and sticks him to a wall with it. Stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, so I'm strange. going with the thing. It's the thing. Uh, Michael Myers is great, but I'm going with the thing. Yeah, me too. It, I, I would give cultural significance to Michael Myers, other than that, I give it all to the thing. Uh, bless uh, you. <laughs> uh, Mike, I know that you are probably the biggest Halloween fan here. I'm um, sitting underneath I, a Halloween poster. <laughs> yeah, he just bought it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, head, head, head to head, uh, it's, it's obviously going to go to the thing. Michael Myers isn't really about planning. He's more brute force. And stalking. Um, and, not really and, planning. Oh, oh really? He's not about planning, but he can plan out to not get his head chopped off in H2O? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Uh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. I don't think that was a plan. That was more of just a, a spur I need to of the get, moment. I need to escape. Yeah, like the the whole getting the head chopped. He wasn't expecting that. They retconned it anyway. They retconned it anyway. So it's not even like that was part of the movie. Exactly. <laughs> That's fucking. And you used it in your argument last time. <laughs> Fuck you guys. And Jason, and wouldn't we won. Up, Jason wouldn't even look up what Leslie Vernon looked like. The, so. the cultural <laughs> significance of Michael Myers is so much greater than Leslie Vernon, Dan. It's so okay. much higher. But, but and he wins in a head-to-head. Head. He wins he in a head-to-head. Head. And he and might I'm, not win in design. I'm trying to think of cultural significance. Like, I'm, I'm obviously biased at this point right now, but I'm thinking like when you when you think of John Carpenter, or when you think of horror movies. Oh, no, Escape from New York. Yeah, that's not really. Yeah, a, that's not a horror movie. No, it's well, I, 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 fuckers. Oh. Jesus Christ! <laughs> God, have a goddamn sense of humor. You be fuck. funny. You know, I will say, Mike. Like, you I, don't. You don't. You don't see kids dress up as the thing for Halloween. Well, you right. really can't, unless you want to. You know, have a big hole with teeth in your chest. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I, Great I, scene, by the way. Yes, and uh, I guess well, we'll get to that in a minute, but. Uh, I I agree that I think that um, cultural significance does go to Michael Myers. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not you give design also to Michael yeah. Myers. Yeah. Uh, because clearly uh, in head to head, it's a wash. Things gonna beat him. Yeah. Now, but look design. at all the different designs of the thing here. Like Michael right. Myers has one design. Even even when he comes back from the dead in four, he they could have just kept him in the bandages and the ripped up shirt. But no, he goes and has to get the same mask and the same fucking jumpsuit, which is like the biggest middle finger to I everybody. Not the same mask though. Yeah, I know, but it's like it's so <laughs> stupid that he's like, oh, gotta go get the same looking costume as I had in the first uh, two. Yeah. I mean, you know uh, what? And that always bothered me because that magically that's changes in four, in five, and six, even though yeah. he's the same mask. So yeah. so did the house. Um, I, I, that always irked me. It was always like they're very much pushing this bland design. It worked for the first oh, two. Oh, so it now it's bland. Cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. Wait, what do you mean? Yeah. No, the the first two were effective, but by the time you hit four, not counting three, when you hit four, it's I love like how you can just oh, retcon your argument from last week. 
<laughs> it, it's the cultural significance argument. This is not going up against Leslie Vernon. Now he's going up against the thing. Uh-huh. I completely stand by my decision last week, yep, and news. I stand by my decision this week. Mm-hmm. Michael Myers' design is classic but overused, but it was more influential than Leslie Vernon. Here, the design of the thing is so much more elaborate and so much bigger in scale and design that you're, I got to give it to the thing in terms of design. I uh, give it to Michael Myers in terms of um, historical or uh, influence, uh, but and then head to head goes to the thing. So two out of three, it's the thing. Yeah, I think I, I reluctantly agree. <laughs> I think I I agree with that. I, I I'm with the thing from the start. Like I yeah. Yeah, well, you're just a bastard. <laughs> I know my father. I, I think Dan's just going <laughs> to vote for Michael Myers to spite the shit out of me. Why would that spite you? That doesn't make any sense. It would. I, I don't understand. I don't know. It, it, would, it would offend me in some way. Well, I mean, it, clearly because of what you people did last week, I'm going for the thing. Even though What do you mean, you in, people? You people that voted for Michael <laughs> Myers. Um, I'm, I'm going the thing, um, even, regardless of, you know, payback for last week i do think that the thing wins in at least two out of three culture significance it's it's hard for it to get that but design it's a a great design and i'm not going to go back on what i said last last week uh the thing has a great design and obviously head to head it can assimilate them so the thing so i so i was curious and looked up uh the thing halloween costumes and first i got the thing from fantastic four but then i (laughs) typed in John Carpenter's The Thing Halloween costume. And man, some people make some awesome costumes out of oh, this. Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen this you. one before. It's uh, it's the, the, the poster with the uh, the glowing Yeah, face. no, like there's, there's ones of actual, like, little people look like they're turning into monsters. Oh. But anyway. So uh, is everyone's official vote The Thing, or do we have an argument from Michael Myers? See, I, I would have voted for Thing regardless, but... <laughs> uh, because of Evan. I was just waiting. <laughs> Not... Not even that. Like, even if it was Leslie Vernon versus the Thing, I'm not going to argue that Vernon could beat the Thing mm-hmm. more than Myers. So, I mean, yeah. it, that, that that's kind of like that didn't matter to me. But I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> but the Thing goes on. Let's you guys it, took that so dark personally. Horse. Yeah, because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I'm still going with Michael Myers over Leslie Vernon. Sorry. All right. That's. I mean, hey, it's clean sweep for the thing. I agree with Dan. I think the thing would have taken out Leslie Vernon anyway. But yeah, so the thing goes on to the next round. Uh, before we move on to our final matchup for this round, uh, do we want to talk really quickly about the uh, the Q&A panel for the thing? Uh, that... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Wilfred Brimley is a gem. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Was he talking about his diabetes? No. no, I don't think they mentioned it once. No, that would have been great. He, uh, he he was still on a scooter the whole time, uh, and they didn't give him a microphone yeah. until a little bit into the Q and A, and he couldn't hear any questions anyone was asking. How uh, old is he? How old is he? I think he's like uh, I think it said eighty-two. Yeah, yeah eighty-two like or eighty-three. But he just did not give a fuck about anything. He. <laughs> What was the line that he ended? It was with? his first con ever, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never been to any sort of convention at all. He, wow. He, he kind of made reference to because so, someone asked a question like, "How did you get the dogs to or the dog to act the way that he did?" And, oh yeah. Well, because <laughs> earlier, earlier in the uh, Q and A, they asked Dean Cundy, who's also the DP of the thing, as well as Halloween, because mm-hmm. he was. Carpenter's DP. They asked him how it was working with the dog, and they were talking about how that dog was like the best dog he ever worked with. It could stop on a dime, like all those crazy helicopter shots and everything. The dog running through the, the snow, like it was perfect. Then at the very end of the Q and A, when uh, well, it, it actually is what ended the Q and A, he says, "Now I can tell you why those dogs really acted so well." And and everyone was like, "What?" He's like, "Because we half jerked them off." <laughs> 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 and that's how the Q&A ended. Uh, um, what a crazy old man. Uh, personally, for me, the best part, and it just came out of nowhere, was this one woman. She didn't even really ask a question. She just made a comment. But uh, her name was Martha. And 
I guess Wilford Brimley go, why did you say that name? (laughs) Well, not exactly. No, Uh, the the guy who was running the Q&A, who's the guy that runs the convention, uh, he must have known her somehow. And he goes, yes, over there, Martha. And I just go, why'd you say that name? (laughs) Uh. Oh, I amused myself. Um, So anyway, uh, yes. So the thing moves on to the next round. And with our final matchup uh, for this round. We have number six seed, the Firefly family from the Devil's Rejects series, we're going to call it. Uh, two film appearances, and their powers include teamwork, torture, psychological terror, persuasiveness, and murder skills. And they're facing off against number two seed, Hannibal Lecter, with a total... Who has the same skills without teamwork. <laughs> not, <It's... laughs> not exactly. Uh, five film appearances, and his powers are genius level of, of intelligence... Uh, strength, intimidation, murder skills, psychology, and advanced knowledge of art, music, and food. Um, food. This one hurts me a lot. Yeah. Especially since I just finished the TV show last night. Oh. You have to forget oh. about the TV show. Oh. oh, I know. I'm trying. Well, no, I don't want to try, but, you know, for now, for you now know, I'll try to put it to the now side. Now you really know what me and Sean were talking about having to forget <laughs> the TV show all these other times. Oh, man. Oh. I'll kick this one off. I'm going to give it to Hannibal. Any reason why? What? Any reason? Yeah. uh, I think that he could outsmart them. Uh, I think that he's, uh, I hate to say the word, the term more evil. I think that he, he could kind of like get them into a place and trick them into doing something or, or psychologically twist their own words to get them to infight or, break up or, or reevaluate a situation to where he could take the upper hand. I think he's manipulative enough to be able to over overcome them. So I, I think that that's how a head to head would work. Uh, cultural significance is a sweep with Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Uh, like Dan was saying also, it, it, we're probably all going to agree mostly that uh, fireflies are going to get the design, you know, between captain Spaulding. And if you, if you include say tiny and uh, Dr. Satan, they, it, it it's too striking an image than the slicked back hair of either Brian Cox or Anthony. And Otis's design in, in House is really or, fucking. Or awesome. who's that other actor that played him in Hannibal Rising? Who cares? <laughs> that guy. Well, that you could you could, you could yeah. also argue yeah, so, him with the with the uh, the the mask on with the uh, you know. Yeah. I, I and, and I, with that, I would counter Doctor Satan with his mask on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, he's only. I mean, he, technically, only in one of the movies, so. Yeah. yeah, one in the deleted scene. Um, cultural significance, obviously, it's going to go to Hannibal. Uh, the fucking fly- Fireflies do not have a TV show. Uh, <laughs> Yet. <laughs> yeah. I'd love for new episodes of Firefly. Hi-yo. Oh, oh jeez. I just want to see Captain Spaulding before Sid Haig dies. That's that's the, the thing that I want. Is that a, they're actually talking about doing that? No, I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, I want to see. Dad's like, again. I'm talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's like, yes, they meaning me. Here, here's the thing with uh, the head-to-head matchup because you can make the argument for either or for uh, for design. Let's just say, let's go Firefly for the design. Um, as far as head-to-head matchup goes, I feel like Hannibal, even if he didn't want to, uh, you know, just flat out take them out, I think that he could actually make them fight each other. Because he's yeah, he's, that's what I was saying. Yeah, he's so good at uh, you know, basically you know, spinning things and getting into your mind that yeah. he might and, be. And, and Otis and, and Spalding kind of have problem with each other to begin with. See, they they do, but even at the end of at the end of the day, yeah. they, they were they were still like ride or die to yeah. the very end. Um, but Hannibal I, could get inside it, their heads. It's a question. Yeah, it's a question of whether or not they could be pushed into actually killing themselves. I, I, Hannibal. Uh, might here's be what able... I'm thinking: like, uh, if we took the scene at the end of Devil's Rejects and put Hannibal in the place of the sheriff, that's the only like that's the kind of situation I'm thinking of, like because the sheriff couldn't break them. Well, I you know? think I think Hannibal definitely could. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think. It's he might be able to fight them without actually ever having to touch them or even be in the same room as them. He he could manipulate them from a distance. All the shit that he pulled off in the film version of Red Dragon without ever leaving his cell mm-hmm. was incredible. 
So uh, he can ruin their lives and make them kill each other without ever leaving a jail cell. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that's why mm. I'm mean, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, I yeah, think. I, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I didn't know who the hell to pick at all uh, going into this, but I am really leaning towards Hannibal now. You've all convinced to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking uh, probably uh, if he, if he was a driving force behind people making other decisions resulting in people's deaths without actually doing it himself. Yeah. Which, I mean, we, we've gone so far out of the way from the original cage fight head to head to put them yeah. in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. But even in, in a cage fight head to head, I mean, there's no question that the firefight Fleming would just beat him to death. Right. But, but not but necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily. But it's kind of like you can't, you know, certain monsters you can put together in a head-to-head. But Hannibal Lecter, if, if anybody you put him up against. In the cage, yeah. as Leatherface could beat John Doe by himself in a cage fight, because that's what that one ended up coming down through practically. Yeah. Then like, any any Wilkes wouldn't have beaten Leatherface in a head-to-head in a cage fight. You know what I mean? So if some sometimes you have to think cage fight, and sometimes you have to think in the context of their characters like someone when you have two things that are so distant in terms of genre or ability to actually match up you have to just throw them in a cage and, and see who, who can you know fight it out with with hannibal lecter and the firefly family it's like this is close enough to where we can actually put that in the correct situation with them at the end of the devil's rejects and fucking hannibal lecter instead of the sheriff it's like we can imagine that because they're close enough and in that context it would be Hannibal Lecter. Now, if we're oh, if we're gonna stick to head-to-head cage match, then sure, the Firefly family would beat him. But I, I think that's disingenuous to both of to all of the characters and, involved here. That's the way that we're gonna look at it. And, well, you, and you know what, Sean's rules. So yeah, I, don't know. I mean, you, and you can't even make the argument for numbers because just look at what Hannibal did in the movie Hannibal. You know, he he got out of that situation with Mason Verger and basically, you know, got out scot free. And that, that was a lot of people that uh, yeah. were, were involved with that. So you can't even bring numbers into this thing because it's, it's a complete wash at that point. Um, but, yeah, no, my official vote is Hannibal. And I, Evan's going Hannibal. Jason, I, I think you're going Hannibal. Yeah. Um, so it's just I think Hannibal's going to win. But is does anyone else want to vote otherwise? No, I think I've got to go with Hannibal. Yeah, as much as it pains me, because I do yeah. love Captain Spaulding and Otis quite a bit. Baby is, mm-hmm. eh, but no, don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I like them too, but yeah. um, you know, it's just I, I, Hannibal. Well, here's the thing: is I'm just thinking it doesn't matter because we have whoever's winning going against the thing next round, and I'm I'm just like, oh, this is great. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean, any anyone's probably gonna lose to the thing, but I, you gotta uh, give. Hannibal well, I mean, we'll too. we'll see next week, but yeah. um, we'll, I'll, I, I'll go with Hannibal too. Yeah. So. We'll see about next week, but I, I think I have a good a good theory for that matchup. But anyway, uh, let's that's that's the end of this round. Um, so let's do a recap. Uh, so do you want to recap what we have for next week or for next week? Yeah. Okay. So here are our uh, matchups in the. Uh, I guess technically this is the semifinals. Um, we have uh, Freddy uh, Krueger facing off against Dracula. That was one that we kind of Woo. thought was going to happen at some point. Yeah, I'm happy about that. This is an interesting one. We have the Cinderella from this tournament. We have Annie Wilkes <laughs> uh, facing, off, <laughs> facing off against Pinhead. Um, we have... I, I, actually, that's, that's, really, that's really a great matchup. <laughs> and not for the reasons you think. It's just, it's just really clever and funny. <laughs> Well, we keep talking about how uh, dominant and submissive Annie is, and that kind of fits in with yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Um, we have Jason Voorhees facing off against Candyman. Nice. Um, and we have the Thing facing off against Hannibal Lecter. Woo! So those are these, eight. These, these are kind of what I thought we would be left with, but there's a couple surprises in there. Definitely, Annie Wilkes is a big surprise. Well, I mean, we only have two number one seeds left. Who are the number one seeds left? Freddie and Jason? Freddie and Jason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is Dracula a number two seed? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Um, well, that's, uh, that's an interesting couple of matchups there. Uh, it's going to get but, crazy. Wait, let me just look. So we have 
two number one seeds. Pinhead's number two seed. Mm-hmm. Dracula's number two seed. Candyman's seven. Mm-hmm. Thing's four. Thing is four. Hannibal's another two. Yep. So. And Annie hmm. is a number 13. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, uh, Cinderella story. There's, a, I mean, even if you go into the the actual basketball tournament that they do, there's always that one team that that is, you know, in the double digits that actually makes it further than you you would expect them to. And she's she's the, the, the that version for this tournament. It's just like in the I, Super Bowl. <laughs> uh-huh. I can I can kind of see why Annie Wilkes though is is winning these. I mean, she it's great really. Matchups. That's what it is. It, they, it's it, she's gotten lucky each time. Who's she going up against now? Pinhead. You know what I mean? But, but that's still <laughs> this is our, still this is a big test. <laughs> it's still an interesting matchup. You yeah. know what I mean? So there's still an argument that I, could. I be feel made. like she got by Henry very, very slightly and possibly not really. That like, was. I, I don't. That's the one. Henry where, was her toughest opponent yeah. so far. And yeah, she she got by Leatherface pretty easily, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's because of Leatherface's character. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So I, I have a couple of ideas for for the next round, but I'll keep them to myself for now. But interesting, interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Woo! All right. All right, we're all done. Yeah, we're all done. Why don't you put that we're bow all done, on there, Kirk? All right. <laughs> oh. oh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to another episode of March Monster Madness, uh, where we have, excuse me, horror movie villains face off against each other. And this was the, <clears throat> excuse me one more time, the quarterfinals. Am I right? That's correct. No, I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have those... Um, those Pineapple? Little, no. <laughs> you, know, you know when you go to Olive Garden, they give you those little chocolatey mint things? Oh, those yeah. are great. Yeah, I, I stole a couple of those. <laughs> oh, I'm calling on them. I'm calling them. Sponsored right by Olive Garden as well. Great. <laughs> anyway, Next time we'll call on Olive Garden. <laughs> yes, yeah, good idea. Olive Garden corporate. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Bye. tune in next week for the. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming next week's the semifinals. Yes. Am I right? Okay, next week's the semifinals. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Keep up to date with everything Blah Blah Podcast. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Also, follow us on Twitter, Blah Blah Pod One. And good night.